Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Mercy Poured Forth. My name is Shel Wagner. I'm so glad you came to join me today. And whether you're watching it live or in the future, I just pray that today's message will truly be a blessing for you. I see I've got lots of friends joining me already this morning. Good morning, Lee and James. And good morning, Betty. Good morning, Warwool. Good morning, Nina. So good to see everybody here this morning. I'm seeing the comments about coffee. I've got mine still this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on this anti-inflammatory thing. And wow, <laughs> I've I'm doing real, I've made a lot of improvements and I can tell the difference in my inflammation level. So, you know, I, I know that um, what Dr. Carey is sharing with us is definitely um valid and and is going to work so i'm making my changes little by little and uh whew, it, it, it's good though it's good all right good morning arrayed in fine linen glad you could join us also today so i was i was very busy yesterday i was gone for about 14 and a half hours <laughs> from from home and i had a great day i spent uh, most of the day with my grandchildren and daughter so it was wonderful and it was so nice to get to see everybody and um and just love on my grandchildren a little bit and so i haven't got to watch yesterday's mercy poured forth so the last one i saw was dr carrie and um she was talking about so many things that sparked my interest. In fact, it was after listening to her share that I got what uh, I'm going to share with you guys today, something that is on my heart. You know, I like to make a lot of things, I um, creative things. And part of what I'm going to share with you today, I've had up on my wall for the last, I don't know, four years or so since I've been in this house, I made myself a little banner and I keep it on there. So I'll go ahead and share my screen and let you know today my message is about hope. It's about having hope. I just love this picture of this flim uh, little hummingbird. I love hummingbirds here at my house. We get lots and lots of them in the springtime and they are a delight. Okay. Let me keep going. So what I want to do, what we're looking at today is Isaiah 51. And um, after this today, I'm going to be bringing an herbal odiote lesson. So I hope you'll stick around for that. Um, it, it all just kind of flows together what's on my, on my mind and brain today. So let's just start reading this, okay? Isaiah 51. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek Yahweh, look unto the rock whence you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are dug. Look unto El Avraham, your father, and El Sarah that bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Gosh, you know, that right there really gets me and I'll go back to my presentation, but that is what has just sparked my fire. You know, thinking about the whole thing, like let's, let's try and put this in a different perspective of Yah's people. And then I, I want to share something else too, but you know, we talk about the, the tree, right? The, the, the olive tree. And it talks about how some of the natural branches 
are broken off. And then it talks about how some of the branches from the wild olive tree are grafted in and how don't think that you're better than the natural branches because if you, a wild, can get grafted in, can't um, yaw graft back in what was broken off of the natural. Well, you know, all these pictures, it's this this agricultural um, pictures of what it is Yah wants us to understand about his kingdom. And everything, if you look at it, he's constantly talking about the two becoming one again, the two becoming one again, about reconciliation, about being grafted in, about the two sticks becoming one in his hand, about bones that have been dry coming back together, about people that have been scattered into the nations being brought back into the land, right? And and I think a big misinterpretation has come by the church system, uh, uh, religious system, you know, naming that a rapture. And and I'm not seeing it as a, a rapture, not that we won't be resurrected. I absolutely believe that we will be resurrected, right? At the but I believe it's at the end. But I believe that that what's been mis misinterpreted as a rapture is really the knowledge and that heart longing that we will be brought back into the family. You know, that the, it's more of the greater exodus, the the exodus to the wilderness. And I know. Carrie's really digging into that, but that kind of gives you a picture. So think about this. If a, if a tree has the, the natural tree, the cultivated tree, right? Which would be the descendants of Yehuda. You know, he said first to Yehuda, and they are the ones who kept the Torah and kept things in place, right? Or to even, you know, Well, let me just go with that. It's hard to explain sometimes, but okay. So that's what I'm looking at as the natural tree, right? And so those, the message is always repent, come back, you know, be, be, you know, make things right. Come back to the place where you departed from a natural branch that was broken off, right? So that I can put you, graft you back in again. And then there's another message right? That's going out into the nations to where it's go, it's being sent from the East to the West, right? He sent the disciples out into the world, you know, into twos and, and said, you know, take this message to the end of the earth, right? And so what, what they're doing, it's, you know, we also have the fishing metaphors that are the same thing, you know, cast the net, right? So what he's saying with the wild olive tree is it's off in the distance. It's like, think of it, you know, here's the natural one that's in, in Israel, right? And then look out into the nations and well, there's a tree in America, there's the tree in Japan, there's a tree in, you know, China, there's the tree in Russia, there's the tree in Poland, there, you know, everywhere, Austria, New Zealand, Haiti, you know, Colombia, uh, everywhere, Peru, right? Panama, it's everywhere, Mexico, Canada, you know, so you think about that. So we've got wild olive trees and he's saying, I can take that branch from that wild olive tree and graft it into the natural. Well, that's the same thing as 
throwing a net out into the seas and pulling up all the fish. And here's some that are, you know, speckled and spotted and long and, and, and they don't all look look the same. But in John chapter 21, we see that how many were in there? 153. What is 153 in the gematria of the Hebrew? Baneha Elohim, the sons of the living God, right? So this is what he's saying. You know, not only, so when you cast the net, and it's the same thing as the children of Israel came out of Egypt, right? They came out of of the foreign place the foreign lands and he and they're coming making their journey to the land right and what comes with them a lot of foreigners and 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 strangers but they become part of greater israel right it because it wasn't about their bloodline but it's about their faith so he's saying you know remember who you came from so why would someone like me who lived wild as can be most of my life come to know, come to believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, right? And 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 suddenly start wanting to do things. I remember my first trip to Panama, I walked into a Judaica store and I wanted a Havdalah set because right then at that point in my walk, and this was in 2004 when I went to Panama and did this. And so I'm in this Judaica shop and I'm looking around for stuff and I wanted a Havdalah set. And and because I thought I had to do it everything according to what the Jewish religion says. Right. And, and so that's what I was looking to do. Well, this Jewish woman was looking she, and she asked me who owned the shop. She said, are you Jewish? And I said, no, she said, why do you want this stuff? You know? And I said, I don't know. I said, I think maybe I was just born with a Jewish heart. Well, that was not totally inaccurate right? There was a big part of that that was totally accurate because I had a heart that suddenly was longing to connect with the, with the God, with the Elohim, right? Of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. There was something in me. He had already told me about the tribes. You know, I knew that my heart was awakened to something much deeper than what I was getting in the church system, who was telling me that either we had replaced Israel or Israel had been totally done away with. I could basically rip out most of the Old Testament because it was totally irrelevant to my life and just go for the new, right? <laughs> Which is, it's absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. It's an absurd theology, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, that I'm kind of off on a rabbit trail, but I wanted to look at that and I wanted to share this one thing with you. So if we turn over and I'm just going to read it to you, I'm going to read it to you out of the uh, New Living Translation, but of course, I, I always insert the personal pronouns of my personal choice. You know, I'm not telling anybody what name to use, how to use it. It's it's really personal choice because the power that's in his name is not in how you pronounce his name, but it's in your faith. It's in your belief system, because I can promise you, I have seen miracles when all I knew was the name of Jesus. Okay. But I have learned different personal pronouns that to me 
are much more accurate. So that's what I use because it blesses my heart, but it's not a condemnation on anybody or, you know, a shoving down on anybody's throat where you're at because it's about your faith, right? All right. So I'm reading out of Galatians three, I'm starting in verse 26 and going through 29. And it says, for ye are all children of Adonai through faith and Yahusha HaMashiach and all who have been united with Mashiach in baptism, in immersion, have put on Mashiach. It's just like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Yahudi or Yavini, and that is Jew or Gentile, right? That's done. Slave or free, male or female, right? I mean, that's a big thing. People sometimes don't like women who are sharing scriptures. Women are to be in the background and be quiet and should never be teaching anything. Well, you know what? All I can tell you is that's not what Yah's word says. And he's he's called women on this channel to share, right? So I don't know what to say to people who are hung up on those things. I'm just grateful that he set me free, right? For you are all one, you're all ikad in Yahusha Hamashiach. And now that you belong to Hamashiach, you are the true children of Abraham. Okay, you are his heirs, and Elohim's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Okay, so I just I love that verse, and I wanted to share that with you before I went further with what I'm what I'm teaching. So I'll go back to my screen. All right, I see. Yeah. You've got lots of, uh, there's lots of comments going on, but I'm kind of on a roll and I'm trying to make my deadline to also bring this audio lesson that I want to bring today. So good morning, everyone. I see my wonderful husband has joined us. Uh, good morning, Amanda. And I don't know if I've gotten to say good morning to Betty yet. Good morning. So good morning to everybody who has joined. Okay. So now I'm going to go back to, to my slides. So I'm on verse three and verse three is my huge inspiration for this. This is what I have up on the wall. It's one of my favorite art pieces. And I look at this all the time and think about it. It says for Yahweh shall comfort Zion. Okay. When we're looking at Zion, okay, who is Zion? Okay. You can really see it in the pictograph and I'm sorry, I didn't have time to put it up on on my um, PowerPoint, but I'm going to tell you about it. So Zion is a Zadi, a Yod, a Vav, and a Noon. And when you look at this in the pictograph, right, you've got um, a Zadi is like a man that's been hooked like a fish hook. Therefore, you've got all the fishing explanations about the kingdom, right? It's men who have been caught, right? He said, go be fishers of men. And so Zadi is like a man that's been caught by that fish hook. So it's, I believe when I'm looking at this Zadi, I'm, I'm many times we're looking at somebody who's been caught by something, right? And I like to say in this instance with Zeon, definitely caught for the kingdom, 
Okay. So, and then you've got a yod, which is yas, like the, the arm reaching out the hand works deeds, right? It's describing works and deeds. Well, what is works and deeds? It's the fruit. It's, it's what you're, it's what you're doing in your life, right? It's, it's the fruit of it. It's everything you're saying and thinking and doing and acting, right? That's what that is. Okay. So we've got the Zadi, the, the man on the fish hook, and then we've got the, the, um, Yod, right? The works and deeds. And then you've got the Vav. So it's been connected to something. And what is it connected to? A noon, new life sprouting forth. So when I'm looking at a word picture of Zeon, I've got fish, right? Fish, people that were out in the nations, right? That have been caught by the works and deeds that are connected to life right? It's an amazing thing. This is who Zeon is, right? You know, so there's a, a huge thing when you look at politics and, and people that are so angry and they're like, well, it's just Zionist. Well, they're using it in a very negative term of thinking of a political thing. I'm looking at this biblically. Who is Zeon? Zeon are the people, right? That have been caught. They were out in the nations, right? Because all 12 tribes got scattered out into the nations. So it's the ones that have been caught by the works and deeds that are connected to life. And what works and deeds are connected to life? The works and deeds of Yahushua HaMashiach that he is doing, that he did and is doing through his people on the earth right now and throughout time. So Zeon is coming together. Zeon's coming back to life and it is life overflowing, right? That's why I picked the color green. Think about green. Everything is, is sprouting up. It's, it's, it's all about hope. It's things that are alive and things that make things move, you know, and, and you even think about that in food. This is why we need if you want to get rid of the inflammation, lots of green leafy vegetables, it's life, right? It all makes sense when you start really putting it together. So here we've got in Isaiah 51, 3, for Yahweh shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Here's the hope, right? Here's the promise. He's going to comfort. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, right? The wilderness like Eden. Things that looked dead suddenly sprouting up into the most beautiful, the most abundant, the most wonderful. This is what he's going to do for his people that he's calling up out of the nations. And her desert like the garden of Yahweh. So when I go into the Odeote, after we finish Mercy Poured Forth, I'm going to go dig into like the Odeote pictures for Garden, I think is the one I'm going to start with, right? Okay, so he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the Garden of Yahweh. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. You know, Robert and I are working right now with some very good friends of ours, um, Eric and Lisa Sauer, to begin a local community 
here on for Shabbat and the feast and and things to help the people here that are here locally, right? And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, how do you help people, you know, walk into a building and begin to focus on God? Well, you've kind of got to knock off the the world a little bit to get everybody refocused because everybody had to drive through traffic. Everybody had to get their family all together. Everybody had to make sure everybody was fed and dressed and clean and clothed. And, and it's just life, right? That's just how life is. And so half the times, you know, people show up and they were, you know, arguing or having problems or this, you know, was thrown in their way or that was thrown away before they can even get to the building. So when we think about, you know, how are we going to help people enter into an attitude of, of openness to what Yah wants to say for their life, you know, Thanksgiving is a good part of it. Singing is a good, is a, a good part of it. And so this is, this is why you do what you do before the message is brought forth. This is, it, it is a kind of a church formula and, and even a synagogue formula that, that works because people's hearts have to be softened back up a little bit sometimes before you can, can bring those things. Right. So anyway, we were just talking about that and it made me think about that. It's joy and gladness are found there in Thanksgiving and the voice of melody singing, being grateful makes a huge difference in how, you can receive what Yah has through you for you throughout the day. And the wonderful thing about that is if your day goes awry, if it goes off path, if it departs somewhere, we can make teshuva at any point during our day. All that means, what repentance means is just return from the point of departure right? Oh, you got off here a little bit. Let's get back on the path. How can we do that best? You know, it's by, it's by remembering that we have a lot to be thankful for by singing Yah's song, by having a melody in our heart. And, and we can do it all day long. You know, <laughs> anytime things start to depart, we can do that. And this is what he was saying about the natural olive tree, you know, because the natural olive tree is called to teshuva, uh, repentance. You know, it's people that already knew the right way, but they've gone off course, right? And he's saying that's how they get grafted back in again. That's how the natural branch gets grafted back in again. But he said, and the difference with the wild olive tree is they never had any belief system whatsoever. So he's saying, I'm able to graft them in. And what he's saying to them is believe, you know, come to a point of belief. So there's like two different messages going on, right? In, in the, in the building of the olive tree in the building of Zion. Okay. Hopefully all that makes a lot of sense. All right. Let me go on. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful, Nina. I'm trying to get over here to Nina's comment to show you guys. She's saying he quenches our thirst in dry lands, makes a garden in the desert. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Okay. So now reading on in Isaiah 51 verses four and five, it says, hearken unto me my people and give ear unto me. Oh, my nation 
for a Torah shall proceed from me. What he is the living word, right? He is the word made flesh. Okay. And I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My judgment to rest. Isn't that an interesting? So when, when I look at this in another version, so let's look at this just for some context out of the New Living Translation. Verse four says, listen to me, my people, hear me, Israel, for my law, my Torah, right, will be proclaimed, okay, shall proceed from me and my justice, my justice, and here in the in the suffer, it says judgment, justice and judgment, right, will become a light to the nations, you know, Interesting, interesting. So New Living kind of leaves out that concept of of it being a rest that that within his judgment and justice is is found a resting place. Okay, it's not something that's being beat over your head. That's not what the Torah is. It's a resting place. It's a safe place. When you look at it, a good explanation to me has always been. It's the loving instruction of the father. It's the fences that keep us safe, right? But it's been portrayed as this heavy burden that must be thrown away. Wow. I mean, I think that religious systems used that theology to steal from the people, to steal in a way that, you know, because it's stealing our resting place to throw out the Torah and throw out you know, say, oh, well, that was, that's all been done away with. That was nailed to the cross. No, no, that is such bad theology and bad teaching. And it's, it's very deceptive. It leads people to think that they need a mediator in, in, in the form of a man instead of in the form of Yahusha. Right. Okay. So let's go on. Verse five, my righteousness is near. My Yeshua, which is the word for salvation, is gone forth and my arms shall judge the people. The aisles shall wait upon me and on my arm shall they trust. So I really wanted to look at this word arm for a minute, right? So the worm, the word is Yakal and it is a Yod, a Het and a Lamed. And so let's look at that in the, the word picture, okay? We've got an arm, works and deeds, and with the, the arm, the hand, right? The hand of our works and deeds. It's our fruit, okay? And it's a brings a division that guides us. Okay, so it's the shepherd's staff, that lamed, and it, what does it do? It controls, it guides, it helps bring, keep you on the path. That's what it's for. So you call, when I looked at that, it's, um, when we look at that word in the Brown Driver Briggs, what they have to say about it is that to you call is to wait in hope expectantly. 
right? It's not you're just sitting back, well, gee, I hope something goes right eventually, you know, because it sure has been rough, but I'm just suffering for Jesus. I can't tell you how many times I heard things like that, and it's not attractive at all to me. It doesn't make me want what somebody that has that attitude says, right? To your call is to wait in hope expectantly, expecting the good things that Yah has for us because he has good things for us, right? Okay. All right. So Isaiah 51, 6, lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my Yeshua, my salvation, shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my Torah. That's where it starts. That's where it started for me. You know, it's, I suddenly had a, that's what I was telling that woman in that Judaica shop. I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know why I'm drawn to want to follow his Torah. I know I'm not Jewish, not to my, you know, it, because it just was like, no, but, but I'm his, I don't have to be Jewish. I'm, I'm his because I believe, but it doesn't matter if I don't have a single drop of any of the 12 tribes blood in my body. It does not matter. I have a heart that says, I want the, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzhak and Yoakov to be my Elohim, right? It doesn't matter if I came from the most pagan tribe on the earth, right? I am now part of greater Yasharel because I have been grafted in by the blood of Mashiach. And that's who I am. And one day, I don't know for sure which one. I have an idea because I feel like Yah's kind of given me a thought on that and some direction on that of which gate that's named by a tribe into the new city I'm going to walk through, right? But I know I will walk through a gate one day, right? Into his new city. Okay. Where was I? <laughs> All right. Verse seven. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my Torah. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Because you know what? There is a lot of opposition that comes your way if this is your belief system. Fear not is what he says. Don't don't worry about that. Don't worry about it when people don't, you know, they are mad at you and they don't like what you believe and they want to get on and make videos and prove you wrong and do this, that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't be afraid of that stuff. And in verse eight, for the, for the moth shall eat them up like a garment and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever and my Yeshua, my salvation from generation to generation. That's the noon. That's the life sprouting forth. That's the continuity, right? That's Zion. And then in verse nine, awake, awake, right? I love it when Yah says something twice, right? He's saying, I need for you to get this. Wake up. Wake up. 
I want you to put on strength, O arm of Yahweh. Awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Are you not it that has cut Rakav and un and wounded the dragon? So who's he talking about? Well, let's look at who he says the arm is, right? So the arm, this word is Zoroa. Okay. We have a Zadi. I'm sorry, not as yeah, a zadi, which is like a plow, okay? It's plowing something up. It's also like an axe head, okay? So it's a weapon. It's a plow, you know? It, it cuts things, all right? And then you've got a, a prince, which a lot of times when I look at this, especially when it's connected to this iron, this eye, the all-seeing eye, you can, you can kind of of see the connotation there, because what would that be? You know, what would that word be? Raw. Okay. That's what that is. What is raw? That's evil. So you've got a weapon that's coming against evil. Well, who is that? Yahusha. Zaroa. You know, you can see it right there. He is the arm. So the word for arm, Zoroa, has got to be the, the right hand, you know, who's sitting at the right hand of the father, right? Sit at the right hand until I make, you know, your enemies a, a footstool, right? So, so you can see, we see it in this word picture, right? So he's saying, awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of Yahweh, awake as in the ancient days, okay? In the generations of old, are you not it that has cut Rakav? And there are many that believe that Rakav was the planet that the elder race, the Baneha Elohim that existed before man did that is now, you know, turned into the watchers, the rebellious ones, that that was a planet that they inhabited that is now what is our asteroid belt, you know, that you see uh, out in the cosmos, right? So who would have done that? But Yahusha, right? Are you not it that has cut Rakav and wounded the dragon, right? Amazing. So he's he's saying awake. There's a there's a set time, right? Okay. Isaiah 51 10. Are you not it which has dried the sea, the waters of the great deep that has made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? So he's referring to what did he do? split the sea so that we would, a way would be made for us, right? And he's going to split the seas again and make a way for us. In, in, in Yah's world and his time, time doesn't exist. This is done. We're living it out, but, but for him, it's already done. It's a done deal. Okay. Therefore, the redeemed, right, of Yahweh shall return and come with singing where? To Zion. They're coming to Zion. You know, it's the fish that have been caught, right, by the works and deeds of the right arm that leads to life. It's amazing. Okay. 
So they're coming with singing to Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. It's like a, a, a an ornament on, on our heads, right? It, you know, who does it say? Um, hold back the, the, the winds. He, he sends the angels hold back until those that belong to Yahweh have been sealed with the mark, you know, on their forehead, right? Everlasting joy shall be on their head. <laughs> they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. You know, we're living in a day where there's going, we're going to experience a lot of sorrow and mourning in this world. And this is why I think that this message is so important because to get through the days, we've got to have a song in our heart, right? And promise, promise promises to hold on to. What are we waiting for? This is what we're waiting for. And it's a, it's amazing, right? I, even I am he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die and of the son of Adam, which shall be made as grass? He's saying, don't fear what man is telling you they're going to do to you. <laughs> Don't be afraid of that. Don't even worry about it, right? Because he's saying, I, I, Ani, I, myself, I am he that comforts you. That was really the, the name that was revealed that to that Ani, you know, I am who I am. Uh, this is this the name that and and given the name of Yahweh given for the people, and, and that I am who I am. Ani, right? I myself. That's that name because he was saying he, he gave it to Moshe to tell the people, tell them the God who is I am, right? He's going to be the one to rescue you. And he still says the same thing today. The message has not changed. All right. Isaiah 51, 13. And, for, and forget Yahuwah Oseka that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor as if he were ready to destroy Oh, where is the fury of the oppressor? He's saying it's nothing compared to my strength, right? What, whatever the enemy has conjured up, dreamed up, tricked, duped, trying to make people believe, it's nothing compared, right? Nothing. The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. Okay, so those who have been taken captive and that have are in the exile, you know, we, we we're longing for the for the total freedom that comes with Yah, right? We're crying out, Yah, rescue me from this pit. I don't want to die in this mess, right? Father, give us today our daily bread, right? And he is our bread of life. So our hearts cry out for these things, and he hears our cry. And he, this is what he replies, but I am Yahuwah Eloheka that divided the sea, whose waves roared. Yahuwah Zavaot is his name. You know, I did a, a six-part series on this name. 
And this is our father who is the captain of all the host of the angel armies. This is Yahusha as the captain, right, of all the, the armies of heaven, right, that fight for us, okay? And I've put, it says, Yahuwah Zavaot is his name. And I've put my words in your mouth and I've covered you in the shadow of my hand. These are the promises he's given to us. This is what he's saying. This is why he's like, you're okay. Don't be afraid of all this stuff going on. I've put my words in your mouth. I've covered you in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. This is the new city of Jerusalem, right? And say unto Zion, you are my people. It's amazing. Awake, awake, stand up. Up, O Yerushalayim, which have drunk at the hand of Yahweh the cup of his fury. You have drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out, right? Fear and trembling has, it, it's as we've been scattered into the nations, we've been subjected to this. And he's saying, yeah, I realize, I realize what you've had to endure. And it took that to get your attention. That's what he's saying. Nothing is done by accident. Nothing. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything's under his control. And he is good and merciful in all of his purposes. It may not always make sense to us. It may be hard. It may bring sorrow and suffering. And we may not understand because we can't see the big picture. Right? But there's the promise. We've drunk in the dregs of the cup. In, in 51, 18 through 21, it says, there's none to guide her among all the sons whom she's brought forth. What's he saying? He's saying that even the people that say that they're the leaders, they don't know the truth. You know, they're not guiding her in the right direction. Right. He says, there's none to guide her. Right. Guide her out of this mess and onto the road that leads to Zion, that leads to the wilderness, that leads to that set-apart place. He says, there's none to guide her among all the sons whom she has brought forth. Neither is there any that takes her by the hand of all the sons that she's brought up. These two things are come unto you, who shall be sorry for you, desolation and destruction, and the famine and the sword, by whom, sh by whom shall comfort you. He's saying, look at the, 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 I mean, we're talking about the 6,000 years of mankind, right? And it's just in this day that some of the things that we're learning, that we're waking up that, no, the Torah wasn't done away with. No, the Shabbat was not done away with. No, it wasn't changed to Sunday, right? I mean, this, that, that message had been lost for a long, long time. It wasn't being that the, the leaders didn't have that message for a long time, right? These two things are come unto you. Who shall be sorry for you? Desolation and destruction and the famine and the sword. By whom shall I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of the streets as a wild bull in a net, right? Think about that. 
who's the symbol of Ephraim, one of the biggest and largest tribes in all of, in all of Yasharel. The symbol is the bull on his net. It's also very symbolic in our day and age because it's sitting on Wall Street. There's the bull of Apis. It's, it's what they send with by setting up the two bulls, you know, that, that people would go and worship at, at Dan and in Bethel and led them into apostasy, right? This is, and so he's saying, but a net's been thrown into that sea, into those, for those scattered fish out in the nations and, and it's catching them, but it's like a bull in a net, right? Because they're, they're full of the fury of Yahweh and the rebuke of your Elohim. It's like, what do you mean we've been doing it wrong? I've been, my grandma taught me and I've been in the Baptist church and I've been here and I've been, what do you mean we're doing it wrong? I mean, can't you feel like this happening all around in the religious systems as people are, this information is being presented. Don't be surprised when people act like a bull in a, in a net right? It's natural. <laughs> Y'all told us it was going to happen, right? Okay. So he says, therefore, hear now this, you afflicted and drunken, but not with wine. He was like, yeah, you're in a stupor. You're in confusion, right? You're, you don't have clarity of thought. That's what he's saying, right? Good morning, Carrie. Good to see you this morning. So he says, thus says your Adonai Yahweh and your Elohim that pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I've taken out of your hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of my cup of fury. You're not going to drink it anymore. He's saying it may, you know, the darkest part of night happens right before the dawn right before the dawn. This is where we're at. We're at the precipice, right? And yeah, it looks really dark, but he's saying, this is, this is about over. <laughs> this is about done. That cup of trembling that you've drunk, that, that being in a stupor of not knowing what's true and being in confusion, it's about done. And you're not going to have to drink it anymore. Good morning, Janie. Good to see you this morning. I'm so glad. I haven't seen you in a long time. So, so good to see you here. So now the last verse of this in Isaiah 51, 23, he says, but I will put it into the hand of them that afflict you, right? That cup of fury is going to be taken out of those, out of the hand of Yasharel, greater Yasharel, Right and put into the hand of her enemies, <laughs> right? That have been afflicting them. Listen to this verse, but I will put it into the hand of them that afflict you, which have said to your soul, bow down, that we may walk all over you, that we may go over. And you have laid your body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. He's saying no more. It's not going to happen any longer. That's over with. That's the promise. All right. So when I really have, a, you know, that was my mercy poured forth this morning. And I'm so glad you guys came to share what I'm going to do. I'll have about a five minute break. 
And as soon as I, I'm going to come back with an audio lesson. And today's audio lesson is going to be, I, I named it an herbal audio lesson because we're going to look at some uh, audio pictures on some herbs and look at some of the properties of some of those herbs and why they may have been used and try to look at some of those um natural terms in that way, the, the terms of the agriculture, right? And see what we can learn there. So I'm so glad that every one of you came and joined me today. And whether you're watching uh, now or in the future, I pray that this, this message just inspires you, puts hope in your heart and a song in your Ruach, and that, that it strengthens you for whatever else we have to go through because his promises are true and without fail, right? And, and we do have great and wonderful things to look forward to. You know, one last word picture before I go. To trust is the word yakal, right? It's one of the words for trust in Hebrew. And it is a yod, a het, and a lamed. And it really means to wait, right? To hope, to have an expectation. And so when you see that arm, right, the works and deeds of what has divided us by the Lamed, the shepherd's staff, right, for our own good, he is leading, dividing, that's trust. We know that his right arm has reached out for us, Yahusha HaMashiach, right? And by his works and deeds and his works and deeds through us, right? And on the earth today, he works through our hands, our mouth, our eyes, our actions, right? He works through us to touch those that are lost and scattered into the nations. And what he's done, he's bring, brought a division. That trust is his arm has divided us so that we are willing to be guided, right? By his shepherd's staff. All right. I'm going to leave you with that for now. All right. And I will be back in a, by about five minutes or so. I'll get the audio started. So blessings and see you very soon. In fact, it might be even earlier than that, but I've got like a two minute intro. So it'll, it'll be by the time the intro is done, it'll be about four or five minutes. All right. Well, shalom and hope that you guys can join me over on the audio lesson already. Bye. Hey.